Alright, welcome back to this weird week of the Buck Pusters podcasting. Uh, starring my, my two other bums. I call I call go host. Hi guys. Just just uh, two. Still yeah. one from last week, I see. <laughs> so what? Still my intro from last week. No, you, you just did the alright, alright, alright. I just said alright. I had said that he I am, said, I'm surrounded okay. by my people that I unfortunately have to call my co-hosts. <laughs> no, no, you're right. So it kind, kind of felt like yeah, no, all good. You're, you're, you're right. On, you're on the right. plus side, he only said one all right, not nine of them. Well, I thought nine would be fun because it was a new year. So I did, you know. Okay, anyways. You could have. Moving <laughs> on. Uh, as of Kyle says, uh, it's his idea. I know he has a couple things to uh, start off the week with. So, Kyle, get a go, buddy. Uh, which I... But yeah, one of the, a, a trade that happened between the Pittsburgh Penguins and Chicago Blackhawks earlier on this week. The Penguins acquire Alex Nylander in exchange for Sam Lafferty. That's huge. A little one-for-one one trade there, which I think I don't think there's a winning or losing side in this trade. The, the, the Blackhawks are getting a really solid, you know, fourth line b- bottom four, you know, bottom six forward that they really need, you know. And very similar, like with Alex Nylander, they just didn't have a place for him. And right now, with <clears throat> kind of like how the Penguins were with Lafferty, they just didn't really have somewhere to put him. You know, they didn't, he just didn't fit in well. Or he, he didn't have much chemistry with some of the other forwards. Bottom six, such as, you know, Aston Reese or Drew uh, O'Connor, uh, I, I know, Brian Boyle. Uh, I know Lafferty definitely provided that, that nice little grip to the, the PK that they all need. Obviously, yeah. we all remember the 5-3 <clears throat> five, five and three shorthanded goal he scored against the Capitals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which which was fucking. I think we were all losing our, our yeah, minds. That was pretty. There. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I think we were here watching. It. I think yeah, so, I think it was a ten, or it was. I think it was a later game because we watched it after we watched like the we watched it after we recorded. I thought we caught the last period. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't remember. But... No, it was a seven. I remember it was a seven thirty game. So it was okay. last season, correct? The yeah, last yeah. COVID season. But yeah, I so said like, and the Penguins are getting a solid, you know, bottom six without Nylander. <clears throat> Whether or not he, you know, we see him play this season or maybe next season. He's, de- he's definitely going to be spending some, a little bit of time down in Wilkes-Barre before we call him up and he gets to see some N- more NHL time. But it's, it's probably going to be very similar with Lafferty. Lafferty being a little bit older, I believe Lafferty being 26, Nylander only being 22, 23. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome for Penguins to get a little bit more younger, younger forward depth down there in the yeah. bottom six. Yeah, so that, very big move there. I said I don't, I don't think there's a losing trade, losing side in that in that no, trade. No, not at all. And you know, being a Penguins fan, I love. It's gonna sad to see Sam Lafferty go, but at the same time, with <coughs> Lafreniere, it's one of those things where, cool. or Lafferty, uh, Lafferty <laughs> yeah, uh, or yeah, Nylander. I'm sorry, I yeah. got the name wrong, but uh, still, like going off what Kyle said. Now that we have a younger forward, I think he'll be able to maybe. Hopefully, start filling shoes of all the bigger names once they start going. You know, Crosby or Malkin, if they, because they're at the point where, like, if Malkin <coughs> were to get a serious injury, a serious surgery again, he might, you know, hang the skates or hang the gloves. Then Same Malkin's going to be gone soon. Carter's probably going to be gone. Boyle will probably be yeah, gone at the end of the yeah. season. Same with Cro- very, yeah. very easy spot for him to fill yeah, the fourth line there exact, for Brian Boyle. Yeah, and you know, same with Crosby. He might hang if Crosby gets a serious injury and. You know, they're like, yeah, you're going to need, you know, a total knee replacement or this or that. And he's going to be like, I'm just going to hang the gloves because it's going to be a year recovery. Yeah, He's getting up there in age, man. He just, in all these surgeries and all these concussions and all these injuries he has dealt with, it's it's definitely shaved a couple years off his career, without oh, yeah. a question. It makes it tough for anybody, like pro athlete or not. Like, that's 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 tough. Yeah, yeah. We've, and we've seen how Bubba is. You know, Bubba had foot surgery back in, what, October? Yeah. And he, he's just now just finally getting to fully recovered, being able to be back on his foot, put, putting full weight on it. So I, being, being, you know, 23 years of age, it's, yeah. you, you I, it's definitely taking a toll on him. I so. literally, I have, I was telling these guys before we went live, I have not put full weight on my foot in the last 11 weeks. So, it's, it's been a lot for Bowman. He's, he's been pushing through, man. He's strong. You know, uh, time for shoulder surgery in about ten days. <laughs> That's gonna be another fun one. I know, I know, Kyle. You have uh, another thing, right? Yeah, as of this was as of the sixth. I believe they played one or two more games since this, and I don't know what they did in those. I might have even won both of them. But as of the sixth, uh, Toronto had a record of twenty-four and one in their past twenty-five games, wow. outscoring their opponents in those twenty-five games ninety-five to fifty-four. That is their most wins in a 25-game stretch in a single season in franchise history. So, as much as we like to rip on the Maple Leaf fan, they're fucking killing it this year, just they like are. they were last year. We were saying yeah. last year that, oh, they're not going to do much. It's only because they're in the pathetic North Division. They're not that good, but 
they're kind of proving us wrong right now. They're yeah. they're killing us. Well, right just wait to the playoffs. I was just, <laughs> I was just about to say that. Gun off what you know. We always joke about them leaving the first round. They're it's doing not great even a joke. now. It's fucking true though. It's true. <laughs> the facts, the facts are all there. <laughs> hey, worst, best case scenario for the Maple Leafs, they choke in the second round. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll come back. They'll do the reverse. They'll come back from three games to one and win the first round and then get swept in the second round. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> by, by nasty, nasty Boston team like yeah. they've done in years prior and old yeah. years years down the road. Uh, but I know you have a couple milestones on on hand, man. Uh, first one we have Jumbo George, Jumbo, yeah, George Thornton. George, <laughs> 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 we were just doing that off camera too. We can't, still can't get his name right. <laughs> Jumbo Joe Thornton has played seventeen hundred games in his Damn, career. That's that's what right behind Marlowe and How now, isn't it? That's what fourth all time, fifth all time. I oh, man, there, he's getting there though, man. He's. And then Jakob Voracek of the Blue Jackets has played officially one thousand games. That's that's cool to hear from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he he was one of those flyers that I had mo- mo- much respect for. One of the very few that I had. You respect had multiple for. respect for him. That's yes. fantastic. <laughs> good, good job, Borchek and Giroux were like the, some of the only two that I had any respect for from that that team, from that franchise in general. But <laughs> which which says much, uh, like much, but I mean, here we are. Colin, did you have anything? Yeah, I had uh, I had two things. One, oh, one one major milestone. Mark Andre Fleury. Is the first goaltender in NHL history to have beaten all 32 franchises. And this, yeah, that's awesome. So, because for some reason, when I first when he first said that, it wasn't clicking. I'm like, wait, he never beat Chicago, but then uh, I clicked that like he beat Seattle and probably Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all. Like when he first said, it, I was like, wait, huh? You tell me, in all these years, he never beat Chicago. And like, like I just had a fucking brain for it. I'll be the first to admit and throw myself under the bus for that one. All right, Boba, listen here. <laughs> right, another one before Colin gets his other one. John Klingberg has officially requested a trade out of Dallas. Um, that's big news coming from them, from the NHL in general. It's a huge, huge name. A lot of teams that could snag him and take him up. Get a very solid I, I, first, I, even second-line defenseman. I, I see <clears> who can afford him. Yeah. I, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what his salary cap hit is. Yeah, nine hundred percent. I can uh, pull that up really quick okay. here. And then what? Like, if they can afford them, like, what are they able to give up in lieu of you know, a John Greenberg? You know, if you're if you're a team like Washington, who are you able or willing to give up in in place of John Greenberg to replace the other John who's on the, that roster yeah. and John Carlson? Well, would you, if you were a team like Washington or his, Boston, or his current you... cap hit is about four point two million. Wow, so what, that's, that's not terrible. How much? How many years are left on his contract? You know, um, I think it three. does not. Say. I thought he signed an eight-year contract. Or no, wait, I thought he signed a two-year contract. I don't remember. But who, I know it wasn't very long. Yeah, it does not say. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, but who's able to afford him for? An old... That that much, I mean, in, well, in, this day, in this day of age, then, no, who's able to afford him? So, that's a real big question. All right, and there's one more thing before the, the question I got to ask, so, uh, Bob, I know I have that, that one item. The one item, the... With, with the back, so it's the back of problem in Pittsburgh. The, okay, I had a, bra- I'm sorry, I had a, we just talked about this, and I had a brain fart, so. So, yeah. Practically all, all that Bob was going to say is, you know, there's an article released by DK Pittsburgh about how Pittsburgh has his back of problem, you know, with how uh, Casey DeSmith, who is their number two goaltender right now, has, has been struggling, which, you know, there have been some, well, some number one goalies in the league that have been struggling, <coughs> a.k.a. the goaltender situation, Detroit, Buffalo, yeah. L.A. Well, not, Cal Peterson's doing pretty good, so I can't, I can't say yeah. that. But, but still, it's one of those things where... Like, and it was funny because it was after the Dallas loss when the article popped up on my page. It was after the Stars beat the Penguins 3-2, cutting their win streak. And all of a sudden, I got a notification from um, Instagram, and that was the link from Instagram. And the article basically goes through, and it says, Which, I I don't know why they sent that after that game, because Jerry started against Dallas, didn't he? It was, I might have, I don't know. That's That's why I thought Jerry started. Oh, I saw some like they're defending him, saying all oh, that one of the goals like wasn't his fault. But anyway, well, <clears throat> anyways, regardless. in the article, it's stating that like 
what you know what do you, what should Pittsburgh do? Should they look for a second goaltender, like get a young goaltender to have Jari train him and have him in the spotlight a couple games just to get a feel of what it's like and cut to Smith, put him at free agency, or just tell to Smith to step up your game and we'll take it from there. Give him a couple friendly warnings if he doesn't do anything, then, you know, revert to the worst. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, it's just when it comes to, you know, hockey, you know, we're getting closer to, you know, starting the playoff push. That's not something you want to just, oh, let's take a risk on, you know, getting this guy. Let's take a risk on trying this guy out. You get, you got to find somebody mm-hmm. rather than just taking a risk on certain people. The, the only thing is, like, if you don't want to take a risk on somebody, like, well, if you want to try and go for one of those goaltenders that, like, you know have the experience. Like, I'm, I'm going to take Tuka, for example. Tuka Rask hasn't had a NHL-level contract signed this year so far. Mm-hmm. He, granted, he, he did sign a AHL-level trial contract with whoever. I think it's a Providence Bruins, which is Boston's AHL ability. Yeah. So he's currently on a tryout there to get back into shape, quote-unquote. But he... Yeah. He hasn't signed a NHL level contract to the state. Like, like, what mm. happened to him, man? Like, he it, was... It, well, he he was going to test free agency this off season. He wasn't picked, but they still haven't resigned him because he had a sur- he, had, he had surgery in the off season. Mm-hmm. So now it's just trying to get into a condition to back where back to where he he was pre surgery mm-hmm. or you know when he was healthy you know last season. Yeah. So <clears throat> you. If you have the opportunity to sign an NHL goal, uh, caliber goaltender, cold tender, goaltender contract. Yeah, goalie. You know, you know goalie. what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> goalie contract. Goal, yeah, yeah. For, then do so, it. Yeah, then do it. Like if we're able to want afford a said goalie, then, then go yeah. after him and do it. If not, you gotta, you gotta, you know. I'm sorry, Ron Axel. You, you gotta give your balls a tug, and you gotta go after this goaltender, regardless of who you have to give up. Because you know, yeah. as good as Jari is right now. We all know he's gonna shit himself. Oh yeah. We all know it's gonna it's inevitably gonna be. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. I'd rather be sooner than later yes. in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. I, I'd much rather do it pre All Star break versus the post All Star yeah. break. Yeah. Because yeah, in the article here from, uh, it's called pensburg.com is where the website is, and in the article it says DeSmith uh, has surrendered three plus goals in eleven of his fourteen last starts. Dating back to last season, the Smith grade is one of the worst goalies in the NHL this season with a point eight nine seven five v five save percentage, and he's sixty out of sixty two NHL goalies with three hundred plus three hundred plus minutes, and he has a uh, in all situations he has an unimpressive point triple eight save percentage on the season with a negative uh, five point oh one overall goals against average. At the bottom of the league. Yeah, he's he's not doing well, man. <clears throat> and so we're lucky that Jari is playing at his top fucking tier right now. Yeah, until, so, play, playing some of his best hockey that he's played in his career so far. Yeah. Uh, until we're able to find the number two or ultimately number one, until Jari starts. Yeah, we, we we got a lot of goalies in the in the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Being Louis Domingue, but we got um, uh, Alex Delorio, I believe his name is. He's, yeah. I think he's down in Wilkes Barre right now. But hold on, uh, here's my next question to you. How ready are they? How the NHL thing. ready are they? Mm-hmm. Do you know whenever we give them the green light, like, hey, this is your night, you're starting. Like, how how confident do you feel in that in those goalies to step up and be you know next the next Jari, the next Flurry, the next Murray? We've we've seen players do it. We've seen mm-hmm. other goalies do it. Yeah, like but Spencer it's... Knight came out of nowhere last season. He's outdated what 19, 20? Yeah. Same with Jack Campbell's only what twenty two. Being being very both those guys being very young, Jack Campbell had. One of the most, I think, broke multiple records last year for one of the greatest rookie performances in NHL history. Mm-hmm. But Spencer Knight, not too far behind him. But the next question is: Are they able? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Are they able to stay consistent and keep it up not only f- through the rest of this season, but seasons to come? Yeah. When mm-hmm. the Smith leaves, yeah. when Jared leaves, I mean, are are they able to keep it up and stay that number one goaltender in Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can even try to like get their feet wet. Maybe preseason when the points don't matter, get one of the young guys in there, 
have him start two, it, have him start two, one maybe two games just to kind of so they can get the feel of what it's like to be. I in saw the they did. I believe it was. I think it was Domingue that looked pretty I, good. I in preseason. do. Yeah, but I think it was. Yeah, it's not preseason anymore. It's well, regular season. I know. We're I'm starting saying to get for the next push. season. Yeah, but ne- next season's fine and all, but we gotta focus in the here and now. We, we got to make that push for the for the twenty two. Yeah, say Jari goes down with a you know a week to week injury, we can't count on DeSmith to start every single game. Yeah, it, it's especially cool. especially with the way he's been playing. He he has literally carried our team to a couple uh, several of our victories this season when our offense is shit and our defense is, is on their heels. So we need that we need that goaltender to step up and be be our our shining light. Yeah. So. It's a matter of, you know, are they able to fill the shoes of how well Jari's doing so far? Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Colin had a question for us, I believe, you had said. Yeah. Um, so, it's a 3v3, which team wins? So, team one consists of Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, Leon Dreisaitl, and Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, team two is Sidney Crosby. Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, Ooh. and Connor Halbuck. Ooh. Who do you take <clears throat> Game 7 Stanley Cup Final to lead you to get to North Stanley? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go, not trying to sound biased, but I'm going to go Crosby and McDavid. Can you, if you put McDavid as a center and you bump Crosby to a winger, and then you have Pasta on the other side there, they're going to be unstoppable. But here's, here's the thing. Grant, granted, Crosby and Val, oh, there are only three players on this list who have Stanley Cup experience. I know. Two of them have been sta- on, on Team One with Ovi and Bassey. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, um, I, <clears throat> I, I got to put bias to the side and go with team, team One. Like, Alex Ovechkin, you know, he, as much as we shit on him, he is the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Absolutely. You know, you know putting him right next to both Dry Seidel and Austin Matthews, who Absolutely. Austin Matthews might end up becoming the next Alex Ovechkin. You know, this this is it's. Oh, I think it's a no question there. And then you got debatably top three, top definitely probably still might be the best goaltender in the league right now with Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. That, that I think that's out of. I think that's a no brainer there. Honestly, you, even though with how great of a career Crosby has had, definitely the better player all around compared to some of the other guys on the other list. Yeah. You you got the goal scorers versus the all around. Mm-hmm. If you're in, if you're talking Stanley Cup final game seven, you want those goal scorers. Because that, that's what matters most. You need yeah. you need goals to win games, obviously. Yeah, I, I got to stick with Team 1. So, whole, wholeheartedly, I got to stick with Team 1, led by Alex Ovechkin. And now on to your weekly injuries with Kyle. All right, coming, big one coming out of Anaheim. John Gibson has been tested positive for COVID-19 as of Thursday and is currently on IR due to that. Okay, coming out. Of Buffalo, we got a bunch of players thrown on the injured reserve. I would guess mostly for COVID. It's not like they need to be fucked over or anything. So yeah, (laughs) Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, both of them that came over in that Eichel trade, Uh, Casey Fitzgerald, and Kyle Ocposo, all on the injured reserve. Uh, Robert Hag is currently only listed as out, and he could return as early as Tuesday against Tampa Bay. Coming out of Calgary, Jakob Markstrom is currently on day-to-day status. Coming out of Colorado, a big loss here. Jack Johnson is out with a lower body injury. Oh, tough loss in their decor, right? <laughs> totally. And did not did not play against Maple Leafs in yesterday's matchup. Yesterday's and Saturday. Uh, coming out of uh, Detroit, Detroit Red Wings, Jakob Rana is currently on the injured reserve, and they're hoping to get him back in the lineup at some point next month. But it is a shoulder surgery, so you know that one will take at least a couple of weeks. Coming out of Edmonton, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is on the IR for a lower body injury and is expected to resume skating in at least a week or so. And we saw this. I mentioned this guys mentioned it to these guys earlier this week. Connor McDavid has been put on injured reserve due to COVID nineteen, so we'll see how how that affects him. That hurts. That hurts. Coming out of Florida, goaltender Spencer Knight, someone we were just talking about earlier, has been put on the IR. Coming out of L.A., Alex Iafello and Alex Torcott are both put on the injured reserved. 
coming out of Minnesota. A big loss for them. Kirill Kaprizov was put on the injured reserve as of yesterday due to an upper body injury. As well as Jonas Brodin, also with an upper body injury, could miss upwards of a week. Coming out of Montreal, still got a whole bunch. Literally, I scrolled down twice just to name all the names here. Josh Anderson, Joel Armia, Gianni Fairbrother, Cedric Cedric Paquette, Brendan Gallagher, Alexander Romanov, just so many. Most most of them being IRs due to COVID, and most of them just a couple being day-to-days. Uh, coming out of New Jersey, Dougie Hamilton has been put on COVID-19 protocols and also is facing a jaw injury, so... Or, I, as Jeffy would put it, Doogie Hamilton. Do, Doogie. Doogie. Doogie Hamilton. Doogie. Uh, coming out of New York, the Rangers, that is. Ryan Reeves and Igor Shosturkin are both put on the injured reserved, as well as Artemi Panarin has also been put back on the injured reserved. A couple of big losses coming out of out of uh, the Bronx there. Broadway. Coming out of the Flyers, Derek Broussard is out and will not play... Did not play yesterday, Saturday, against San Jose with a hip injury. Also, Ryan Ellis is out with a lower body injury, uh, but he did clear COVID-19 protocols, but will remain out indefinitely. Wait, how long is that again? <laughs> uh, this, I don't know why Sam Lafferty is still under the Penguins, but apparently he is apparently he is on the IR, as well as Brock McGinn and Drew O'Connor are both put on the IR, I believe both due to COVID-19. Brock McGinn, yes. Drew O'Connor, lower body. Brian Russ is also on COVID protocol. Is he again? Yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> that, one, me, that, I, that one's I, not listed, so. I have Russ on my fantasy team when he's out with uh, COVID protocols. So. Damn. Uh, coming out of the San Jose Sharks, Nick Bonino is put on the injured reserved, as well as Logan Couture also put on injured reserve. Getting down towards the bottom here, out of the Seattle Kraken, Jaden Schwartz is out. And he's going to undergo surgery on his hand and is expected to miss upwards of six weeks. Wow. The big loss out of out of one there. And one we did discuss last week, obviously, I'll just, just say it again in honor of him. Brandon Tanev will be out for the remainder of the season due to an ACL ACL surgery. You know, if he wasn't picked up by you know, Seattle, he wouldn't be in the spot. He'd still be paying in the <laughs> Steel City. Well, his, his, apparently his legs weren't made of steel. Well, I'll say that. Well, uh, yeah, because, you know... It is thanks for, like, jellyfish. <laughs> Coming out of the defending, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, Ryan McDonough and Ross Colton are both out. Uh, McDonough with lower body and Colton with COVID-19 protocols. And finally, to wrap it up, down with the Washington Capitals, TJ Oshie has been put on the IR due to an illness. Uh, and out of Winnipeg, Paul Statsny is currently in day-to-day status. So that wraps up your Buckbuster injury room. All right, now on to our main topic, topics. Of so the I think we don't only have a main one this week. We got a couple of small things we want to, you know, discuss and just have some fun with here, as much fun as we can make out of it. Uh, first of one being going over a couple of controversial calls that we've seen throughout NHL history, or at least mostly in our lifetime that we can remember. Well, not only in our lifetime, I guess in in NHL history. Yeah. So. Um, the first one that came to mind, I think, would come to anybody's mind was the no-goal game. 1999 oh. Stanley Cup Final. Brett Hall, foot in the crease or not. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking of a different one, but no, we'll, we'll go on with yours for now. So, um... Yeah, that, that, that one, man, was... I mean, back in the day, I know Bobo had asked this question before because we had discussed this before. Now, for those of you that still don't know, back in the day, if any slight part of a player's body, skate, stick, anything was in the crease, no goal. No, no no, matter what. Now I know there's some certain restrictions to, you know, how it is today. Like, I think you can have one skate in, but like you can't have your full body in. And you can't impede the yeah. goaltender's progress of mm-hmm. trying to save the puck. Yeah, and... back in the day, so before, I think this was like, I think because of this goal is what they ended up changing the rule. You could not have any part of your skater's body in that crease. And there's arguments saying that Brett Hall had a skate in the crease and the goal went in and ended up, you know, being the game winner that ended up, you know, moving them ahead. Dallas ended up winning the entire cup, the whole thing, against those Sanders. Buffalo, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The, the one chance that, that Buffalo actually had <laughs> winning the cup. Yeah, it's stolen away from them with a very controversial call. <clears throat> you know, you know, watching the film, like, 
I think it's very obvious he had a he had a skate in the crease, but you know with, yeah, but, with the rules back then. Yeah, but like it, <clears throat> regardless, I, I feel like those rules are kind of bullshit, and like they've kind of alleviated alleviated the stress with that. Like because I think they realized how stupid it was. Yeah. Because of that specific, because like I think like his skate came in, but then it came out right as the puck entered the crease. Like it's just so, there was so the, much controversy behind it. The goaltender at the time was still able to play his position at the time. So like at the same point, like. That that's a that's a clear goal. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like unless if you're fucking running over the goaltender and putting the puck in the back of the net, then like, yeah, yeah that, that's still that's still a goal. You mean like we always do and shelter each other <laughs> all the time? No, that's only Jeffy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this year, um, I I don't think that should be um. Anyway, moving on. Right, enough. What was one that you came that came to your mind? Um. Well, it's another thing with the Santa Cup Finals, except it's uh, fast forward to two thousand four, Calgary Flames. Versus Tampa Bay Lightning, the first time Tampa won the Stanley Cup. Uh, Martin, Gile- uh, I forget how I don't know his Gilles, name. Yeah, yeah. non goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, uh, Game Six. Uh, apparently, it was like the same situation, but you know, it robbed Calgary of forcing Game Seven against Tampa to move home and win the Stanley Cup, or at least have a chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, obviously, with this no goal. You know, they lose three to two in this game. Tampa Bay, Bay wings, wings, wings. Not I'm sorry, I, I'm just so hungry. <laughs> I'm just so hungry. Tampa Bay yeah. wins their their first ever you know Stanley Cup in franchise history, off a no call or a, a missed bullshit call. Jesus. You yeah. I mean Calgary fans must have been pretty livid because it's also been since what 1984, 86 since they won. Right yeah. around there, 86, I think, mid to late yeah. 80s since the last time they won. You know, obviously, so it worked out well for Tampa Bay. They get their first one. Mm-hmm. Now here we are, 16 years later, they now have three. Yeah. Um, tripling what they had at that time. So. Yeah. But, but regardless, like. Another one that came to mind, this is one that we can talk about a lot more because we saw this one happen. Fast forwarding all the way to 2017 Stanley Cup Finals. Game six, That's minute all. and a half, oh two minutes into the God. second period. The goal where, you know, referees lost sight of the puck right behind Matt Murray. Predator shoot the puck into the net and they, they blow the whistle. No goal. Now that is one that we can discuss because we have seen that. That I gotta be with Predators fans and in the, in the, on the Predators side on that one. You know, the, I mean, puck, the puck was still live, regardless whether he lost sight of it or not. The puck was still live. As much as the ref was kind of in the right, like technically he's supposed to hit, stand behind the goal to see yeah. where, like if the puck crosses the crease, mm. like. There are also three other referees to say no, that's live, which count as a goal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. I I, gotta, know, I, I remember I gotta, watching that game and having you know surround sound on the speakers on. You could you could literally hear your your entire room vibrating with booze from that crowd. Like I I think it's you know right said you know completely acceptable for them to do so. You know if it wasn't for that, it probably could have been tied at one at the end of the third. With that whether that Hornquist goal would have happened or not, and who knows what could have happened in overtime. Mm. Yeah. Could have scored in overtime. We could have went to Game Seven in Pittsburgh, and they could have beaten us Game Seven in Pittsburgh. And we could have, you know, Sydney Crosby could only have two two cups compared to the three that he has. You know, Predators could have their first cup, their their first and only cup that they've ever seen. But instead, they went previous. They went on to win the President's President's Trophy, I believe, the next season, and lost, I believe, in the second round to Winnipeg. Okay. But. Yeah, so you know, so I feel I, that's one I can like. Cause, like that's one we can discuss a little bit, little bit more than the other two because we we saw that one happen. Mm. We know exactly how that went down. Yeah, yeah. Cause... I can't remember who scored the goal. Who you know quote scored the goal, uh, but well, it, since it didn't remember, uh, since it didn't happen, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. So if yeah. it did happen, I would. But yeah, um, I got another one who that happened in our in our time in our era. Back uh, back that's back to back to uh, toward twelve. 2012, New Jersey Devils, LA Kings, Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final in LA. Steve Bernier is called for a boarding call in LA to give him uh, against Rob Scuderia to give LA a five-minute major penalty. Ooh, uh, obviously, LA has a uh, scores three times on the power play, which you know some uh, some fans might say, oh, there should only be two for checking from behind. But I mean. Looking at the hit, I can't fucking toss it. I, I don't quite remember the hit. I don't I remember don't the play either. itself. Um, 
yeah, that's one I can't discuss too further because I don't, I don't, I don't remember that one. But right, right before that, Jared Stoll took down Steven Gianta, and it was a missed call, a missed, you know, a missed two minute penalty, which you know, granted, like if they if they were to call that that you know interference call. That that whole thing would have ha- wouldn't have happened. There would have been seven games that series, and you know New yeah. Jersey would have won easy peasy. But I I, I don't think because that final score of that game was what six to two. Six to so yeah, so three three goals scored in that final. Take those away. That's three to two right there. You know it could it could have been a lot closer of a game. And assuming they, uh, that New Jersey got the power play, you know, it might have gone, you know, three two their way versus yeah. you know three two Ellie's way. You yeah. know, you know, take away those those three goals, you know, they they had that mindset. Oh, it's only three to two. We're only down by one. Rather being okay, we're down by four. This game's basically over. We basically just lost the Stanley Cup. Just Rather than only over. being down by one, hey, it's not fucking over. Let's keep pushing. Let's keep grinding. You know, let's get one. Let's get yeah. one. Yeah. It's let's get one. Let's get one. Rather than we need four. We need four. Or we need five. You know. But. So that took away the Devils' Stanley Cup versus the Kings' first versus cup. I don't know, two uh, back, uh, not back to back, but two cups in three years. Three years, and that would have been would have been New Jersey's first since 2003, 2002? 02. I think it was 02. 02. It is 02. would have been the Avalanche, then I believe, mm-hmm. or one, one of the two. I don't remember. I don't I can't quite remember, remember, but it's it's within the, that couple years span. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bo, would you have any? Because we kind of like I do not. I. Um, we had somebody comment and they gave us three different small topics and I kind of went off of one. I don't know if you guys are done with yours or not. I, I only had one other small so. one that came to my mind. I didn't think it was that big of a deal because the outcome didn't really have... Did, the, the, the call that was in favor of or went against one team, that team ended up winning the series regardless. But 2019 Western Conference Finals, Sharks and Blues, that hand pass... From the Sharks yeah, that Eric Carlson that. scored the overtime goal on. It was, what, game five? Game four or game five? Might even been earlier, like game two or three. But we all know the Blues ended up winning it, going on winning that series and winning the cup altogether. So that, that's why I didn't really mention that one. But that, that hand, it was a blatant hand pass. Blatant. Right in front of the referee's eyes, hand pass. Not even oh. called and they let it stand. And uh, Kings ended up taking, or Kings, sorry, Sharks ended up taking that game. Yeah. This is where Eric Carlson would say, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but you know, he, he got away with that one. You know, he's the one yeah. that got that got yeah. the goal on that. Right there, a hand or... pass from I want to say it was Burns, but I can't. I don't, I don't don't quote me on that one. Don't remember. But yeah, I said I, I didn't think that one was as much of a big deal, as much of a controversy because you know the Blues ended up winning that series anyway. Yeah, I so, don't remember. Even though they lost that game, they came back and won the series. So. Mm. That's just one that I I wanted to discuss, even though it's you know didn't have as much bad of an impact on the Blues as. Say you know twenty seventeen Predators, ninety nine Sabers, and the the four Flames. So yeah. yeah. So our second little topic was, and we did it as something where it was a player who you know take Avengi Malkin of the Penguins. Avengi, whatever. Avengi, Avengi Malkin of the Penguins. He just Avengi. got he just got knee surgery. He got knee surgery six months ago. He's currently day-to-day. And he's actually the first one on my list. And it's like, when he comes back to play with the Penguins, how do you think he's going to do? Do you think he's going to be ready to skate with Crosby and Gensel and the rest of the guys? Or do you think he's going to start off slow? I think we should switch over to one of our other ideas that we had before we do this. We want to discuss, you know, just how we think COVID has affected the game. And how it ha- if it has changed the game at all, which I definitely think it has. It has to, it, to a certain extent. It definitely has. I mean, going back to where when the uh, the pandemic first came out, you know, obviously the NHL wanted to pause for what was it, two months? Yeah, longer than that. At least two months where you know the NHL wanted to pause, and obviously they invited I, I forget how many teams up to the bubbles. You know, both 20, tr- twenty-four teams. Twenty-four teams. Play in and then. Yeah, up to both Toronto and Edmonton. So. Um. Obviously, we not not only the hockey world, but you know, sports in general. So yeah, we, we we got lucky enough that we thought, hey, we might actually be able to get to see sports during this pandemic. You know, not a single COVID case made it into that bubble. We're perfectly fine throughout the entirety of the two two and a half month long playoffs that we saw yeah. there. Um. But you know, then you know, next season started in January of twenty one, and then 
two weeks into the season where COVID, COVID, Vancouver had COVID, New Jersey had COVID, Penguins had COVID, like, oh, they had COVID. All these teams got hit terribly with mm. the COVID bug. And, you know, it has really affected a lot of these teams that we saw in that, you know, that 2020 bubble playoffs. You know, Vancouver looked really good in that, that season before the, the bubble happened. And, you know, in the bubble, they looked really solid. And then they got hit with the COVID bug, and they played like shit in 21. Yeah. Which, you know, so that it definitely shows that yeah, well, I, it has I, a toll on a lot of teams. Well, and I feel like, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago when all the big, the, all the COVID cases stopped started popping up again and it was like it seems like every team that had covid you know went down the tubes like dumpster fire went down the tubes and then once (laughs) they would kind of and then once they players would get healthy after the two weeks like their star players would get healthy they'd kind of rebound a little bit but they'd struggle they'd go from a total dumpster fire to like a partial car fire and and, and this and this if you're ottawa yeah, yeah. Ottawa's just bad in general. Oh, just a dumpster fire in general. <laughs> it, it's just how big is a dumpster fire. Same, same with Montreal, man. They're just a dumpster fire in general. Without Carey Price, that team is absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's dog water. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Dog water. We know, looking at teams like Toronto, they've gotten hit kind of bad. Penguins, they got hit at the beginning of the season, but you know, still beat Toronto without their six best players, seven to one. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about that. Six uh, of the seven <laughs> best players. Well, the team are all out and still won seven to one. But um, yeah, the, some of the bigger teams, Tampa Bay got, even got hit earlier this season. Not not a lot of the big names got affected by it, but you know a lot of these top tier teams this season have gotten hit and are still performing pretty well. You know, I mean, but looking back at last season, like it really affected teams last season. Bad, like Dallas, Vancouver, just to name a few. Yeah. Philly, I believe, I'm pretty sure they got hit at some point last season. They, you know, yeah, they all, did. All three of those teams finished in the bottom two of their division. No, and so you know. Yeah, they struggled. It was it's hard to rebound after something like that. That was like back when you know we were growing up and the swine flu thing came out. Yeah. You know, back in what was it, 2010, 2011? I think I was swine, in middle school. Swine flu, flu then Ebola. And then so, Ebola, yeah, because I remember Ebola didn't have as much of an effect on the U.S. The as as, as COVID did. has, or yeah, or as the swine flu did. But, you know, like, I remember being in middle school, and it was kind of the same thing. You know, all of our classrooms had to be, you know, doors closed and taped off because we had, there were six students, like, a couple of sick, they would have, like, five students that were sick, or if they thought they were sick, they would put them in their own separate classroom for the entire day with one teacher. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, everybody else would rotate classes like normal. That might have been a, a difference between a city school and a county school because I, yeah. I I never had to deal with something like that. I, again, us county schools never really had to deal with my, they all, all the redneck. Well, keep uh, in but, mind, you know, my graduating class was like six fifty. Mine was right around yeah. Mine yeah. was like six. Mine was like, like six ten, six fifteen. Mine was like Credit seven. Credit being what one fifty maybe two two thirty seven. Yeah. <laughs> so and when you think about it, you know, shit. My middle school had like three hundred fifty kids. <clears throat> yeah, your so your max math class capacity is probably what fifteen. Or just twenty. My my school you had probably at least thirty thirty five. My senior, keep in mind, my senior year, the size of that graduating class was the size of my high school. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, ours, keep that in mind. Our graduation ceremonies every year have to be at the Erie Insurance Arena because there's 750. My ceremony took three and a half hours. Mine, mine's, no. mine's about the same. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. So <laughs> I know, uh, move, move back on to hockey. Re- regardless, like, this COVID pandemic is you know hit every single team stupid hard. No matter no matter no, what. Like, like, yeah. No no franchise is safe from it, and mm-hmm. you know it's. It's proven what they, at one time or another. Yeah, and that's just well, and that's just the scary yeah, there's, thing. There's been there's been a couple of teams that have only had one or two confirmed cases. There's been teams like again Montreal and Vancouver of Dallas of last season that the damn near the entire team and coaching staff yeah got right. got it at some point. Like, yeah, like remembering guy Vancouver only had six people who did not have the COVID yeah. virus. So <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the scariest thing about COVID is it's you know, a you don't even know if you have it. It's like, you know, and I can see where you I know, can, the, in the NHL. And the NHL players who are a lot healthier than the three of us. Yeah. You know, very, very, very much in shape can, you know, they are used to, you know, hustling back and forth, rushing, busting their ass every single day. Yeah. So there's a lot of them can be considered asymptomatic and not show any symptoms because, yeah, you know, their body healthy. is so healthy. 
Exactly, and then you know, they so like, guys like us, who, you know, we're we're all overweight. Me. We we can admit that am, we're, yeah. we're we're bigger boys. So you know, if we had it, would be a lot easier to tell because we'd probably you know have you know congestion, shortness yeah. of breath, difficulty breathing. Yeah, you know, I have that on a day to day basis. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you know, it'd be you know a lot more extreme. We would yeah. you know it'd be coughing and stuff like that. But well, to yeah, them, like, they're like, okay, I I feel hundred percent fine. Yeah, well, like when my family got hit by it, I felt totally fine. And on ever, my mom was sick, and I thought she had a cold. Because it was the same symptoms, you know, stuffy, runny nose, light fever, headache, chills, and I'm like, Mom, are you all right? She goes, yeah, it's just a cold. Don't worry about it. Yeah, when your family gets what, half and half in this house? Yeah. Half and got it, was, it half, half survived? And it was two days later, she came home, and she's like, yeah, we all have to stay home for two weeks. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so, luckily, you know, I was down in the basement, so my parents were just locked me downstairs like some sort of fucking goblin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all three of us, I believe Jeffy included, all four of us have gotten lucky enough to not yeah. have COVID. I believe Ethan as well has been lucky enough to not. We've all had the quarantine, but we've never physically had the. We've virus. all had scares where we came into contact, but all of us have gotten lucky enough to have not gotten it. Yeah, my luckily. So I have a young. Yeah, I have a Jake's younger. Knock on yeah. wood on that one. <laughs> I have a younger brother, and when he's told me he had it, you know, it was right when we started recording season one when he started to come down with it. And he's like, dude, I feel like I got hit by a bus. He literally didn't leave. And his he is much he, better shape yes. than we are. He's, the, he, he didn't, he hit didn't by leave him. his. Yeah, bad. He didn't leave his bed for three days. It was one of those things. Where, like I would, you know, go up to check on him the one day. I went up to go check on him the one day, and he was kind of one of these sprawled out on his bed. And I'm like, I put a, a hot bowl of soup next to his drawer because I'm like, okay, he's you know doesn't feel good. And he's like, yeah, no, I have COVID. And so yeah. Alright, and now on to our last, our third and last uh, subtopic, subtopic of the, the evening. You really can't speak tonight, can you? What can I ever? <laughs> True. I mean, you were wearing a buffalo jersey. That might be causing it. True. <laughs> so, it's, uh, well, we're going to go over the uh, prospects, top ten, or top five, or whatever, who we think is going to go uh, early, early next season, uh, not next season, but this upcoming draft, the 2022 NHL draft, regardless, regardless of who gets it. <clears throat> Buffalo. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I don't know what came off me. But uh, yeah, Regar- regardless of who gets it, you know, who who we think is going to go top ten picks and who we think is going to go number one. So, without further ado, let's get her going. Well, that's uh not exactly not at all who I did on my list, but <laughs> oh, that's well. not who I did either. I did the... I, I did a bunch of younger players that oh, are okay. showing signs of life. And you know that's what I did I'll coming out of injuries too. That's yeah. what I did coming out of injuries. Well, let's just do that then. All right. <laughs> Miscommunication there between between the boys apparently. That's okay. But <laughs> so. All right. Well, I'll I'll start going off of what you guys have said. I got a good laugh. Last year's number one draft pick or uh, the 2020s number one draft pick, Alex Lafreniere. He hasn't shown much life. He hasn't shown much anything for being the number one draft pick. So. As of yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but like, yeah. I feel like once he's able to get his feet under him and his feet wet, then, you know, he, he could definitely be a, a, you know, make or break kind of thing for 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 the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did mine more based off injury and how I think they're going to do coming back into the swing of things. So, first one on my list, I have Malkin, you know, recovering from his knee surgery, like I was saying earlier. And he's not young. He's still, an old fuck. <laughs> s- still. It's... <laughs> How do you think he's gonna do when he comes back to the ice? That's what kind of what I base this on. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, do you see him getting right back into the swing of things, or do you see him taking a little bit of time to kind of, you know, after being off for six months? It's like me and relearning how to walk. I haven't been able to walk for you know eleven weeks. I look like a fucking wizard when I walk. <laughs> You've never learned how to walk, well. Dude, I've been limping for the last six years of my life. You're right. <laughs> So, anyways, how, what do you guys think is gonna happen with Malkin? He he's gonna be dead. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see him ever being back to where he was. You know, to oh nine to twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, filling in for when Crosby was having a lot of his injury issues. You know, he was the number one. Yeah. And you know, he really stepped up, especially in those oh nine playoffs, especially in that second and third round bug between, but yeah, against. Washington and Carolina was the main reason we swept Carolina. Was the main reason we won that series against Washington. 
Um, you know, he played unbelievable, and he just hasn't really been the same since. I'd say he he's died down ever since those two cup runs. He played fa- fairly well in those two cup runs, but it yeah. hasn't been the same since. Another another name that came to mind, another Penguin who's been on fire this year, Evan Rodriguez. Absolutely. Who he has been, you know, been on a lot of people's minds as one of the most underrated players this season. You know, very very under underknown, I guess you could say. Not not very well known. Even in seasons past, he hasn't been very well known because he's always been a bottom six forward. You know, to start the season, he's he got the chance to be a top six, and he really proved himself. And he's what top two in the team in scoring right now, I believe. For goals, I think he leads. But when it comes to scoring, like adding an assist and everything, I know he he drops down to like fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. But he he's on fire this year, man. Like, I'm sorry, he's in second currently with goals at fifteen, right behind Jake Gensel. Okay. And overall points, he is also in second with thirty, right behind Jake Gensel. I, I gotta continue on the uh, the points train, the uh, Penguins train there. Uh, assuming if he can stay healthy and stay off of the COVID bug, Rusty Brian Rust. Rusty, yeah. C- considering the two games he's played between you know his injury, his injury bug and COVID, COVID bug, yeah, he scored eight points in two games. I know yeah. eight points in two games. As a, a top line four, like, you know, had, had an assist in that double Hattie game last week against San Jose. Um, the other one being who was it? Rodriguez, well, yeah. Yeah, Erod. Erod, yeah. yeah. Um, so the two names right there both got a hat trick in the same game, and then Russ went on the next game to get three more points, being what two goals and another assist. No, uh, two, it, and two. Way, right? two, two and two. Two and two. Oh, we got, two so two. we went four and four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he went. I. Uh, oh, he went five, five and four. It's not. I'm sorry, nine points because he had Hattie and two goals in the next mm-hmm. game. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, another hot guy who, you know, can continue to be, you know, a, a leader on that, you know, over... Dude, that, over that, that first line, points and the points from that first line in the past three games is at, what, like 15, 16? At least. In the past three games, that top line, man, they're back. Um, you know, right now with Rusty Where? being on protocol, so we're looking at, what, probably Gensel, Crosby, Rust? Or, sorry, Crosby. Gensel, Crosby, Roddy. Yeah. And that, that first line. That second line, if Carter, once Carter comes back, it'll be probably... Cat well, B. Carter. Well, which Carter is back. He, he technically is played he back? It, Yeah, he played in that last game against Dallas. So, so. it's the same mm-hmm. like, what, Cat B. Carter and Zucker? Yeah, Zuck. Zuck right now, with all the amount of injuries that we have and players out due to COVID. But yeah. we're, regardless, like, like, if Russ could continue on his hot streak like he has been, you know, the two games he oh, did play, really like, I mean, like, good luck yeah. stopping us, man, if we can. Yeah. <laughs> If well, we get, if we, if we can, keep that up. If, if we, we stay can, healthy. You get and stay healthy. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the biggest issue here. Yeah. My second one I have is Jakob Brana from the Red Wings, and he had shoulder surgery a few months yeah, ago. That, that's, that's a good one. Kind of the, yeah. you know, and it's hard, especially being a hockey player, because you, you use your arms and shoulders a lot. You know, whether it's shooting, fighting, what you he, know, whatever he, he really, it may be. He really be. showed his importance in that, that uh, I forget, who was he traded with? Uh, he's... Oh, he, um, from uh, from Washington to Detroit. Anthony Mantha. He, was, yeah. he came over in that Mantha trade, uh, and he Mantha really showed his importance on Washington. And the you know the end of the after the trade deadline and playoffs, and Verona really showed his importance. Obviously, not in the playoffs for Detroit, but <laughs> yeah, you know he he did did very very well. Scored like it was like eight or nine goals in in that final ten eleven games like of the season. Like yeah, he showed like, like like four or five and came in those first three games. Like I, he was on fire to start. I think when they Man- Mantha was the same with Washington. So yeah, both teams I, did very very well in that trade. I so. I think when they averaged it out, I think he was roughly at two points a game, maybe two, or maybe three points a game, two goals and an assist in that like nine game streak he had. You know, or the yeah. nine, and it was just <clears throat> insane. Because I, when I watched, I was on the NHL app, and as they were breaking it down, I'm like, that's pretty nuts to have a yeah. nine-game scoring streak and literally can put up three goals a night. Mm-hmm. And another one that came to mind, you know, very young guy, I believe, what, third or f- third overall pick in 2020? Tim Stutzel okay. coming out of Ottawa. You know, so far in his career, he's only played 82 games between last season and this. He's got 44 points this season, 15 points in 29 games. So, you know, for a very a tough, struggling Ottawa team, he's he's carrying them. He's you know he's doing very very well, keep keeping them um above water mm-hmm. barely. But <laughs> uh, that's a stretch. You know, I'll I'll keep it in Ottawa because I have two more from Ottawa, being Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk. Mm. You know, another two very young under 25 year olds. Doing great things. I believe those are the top three scores on that team right now. It could be wrong. There might be somebody other that I'm not thinking off the top of my head. 
But th- th- those three men are the fa- the face of that franchise right now. Not yeah. the only three really saving them from being Strong. a bottom a bottom of the barrel team, even though they are. Not not the bottom. Not of the one, bottom. But one of the <laughs> yeah. bottom. Well, I, I got to go back to Washington. You know, TJ Oshie, he's been struggling with injuries the past couple of seasons. We've all seen how well he does when healthy, when consistently healthy. But, mm. like, I, as much as I'd hate to say, you know, to see another offensive threat added into that roster, added into that lineup, he, he definitely is an, another one of those three-dimensional players where, like, he, he will help you win games night in, night out. Mm. Uh, what the things I would do to get TJ Oshie in the black and gold, man. Oh. If, it, if it only happened, but I mean, it's not. That would be crazy. But throwing him on that, like, a se- like say say at the end of the season, Carter and Malkin are both gone. Throwing him on the second line with, like, Erod and Cappy. Oh, my God. That, Penguins would be on That'd be a hell of a line, man. Yeah, absolutely. Even though, just imagine him being next to Crosby or something, man. Mm-hmm. Dude. Oh, my God. I, I can only the things, come, he, can I, do, the things I, he can do with the goal score and Crosby. And, oh, if you think of the things he can do with the playmaker and Crosby. I can only come to so much. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stop. Well, but who, do you got, who else do you got over here? The next one I have is get, uh, John Gibson of the Ducks out with COVID. Yeah. So, and it's kind yeah. of the same thing, you know. Do you think... I know Gibson's up there with age, like most of the guys on my list. He's but he's he's mid he's he's mid, mid, so, middle of the pack. Yeah. So, do you guys think he's gonna hop aboard the injury slash COVID train? Because this is really his first major, you setback know, setback career, since he's been with the Ducks. Do you think he's starting to get bit by that bug, or do you think this is just maybe I mean, I mean, a we'll, one? We'll see when he recovers and comes back from it. Yeah, honestly, really hurt me because he's my n- number one goaltender in fantasy right now. Yeah, I, I honestly <laughs> think this is this is just a hiccup. Yeah, yeah. that's as what as I a, thought as and well. Anaheim is doing really well so far this season, a lot yeah. better than I had planned or thought they were going to do this season. I know in our preseason predictions, I had I think I had them going fourth or fifth, making the playoffs. But they're they're doing a lot better than I even thought they were going. Yeah, to do. so did I. Because once I saw you was on COVID, I'm like, they're on fire. Yeah, they're 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 really killing it this year. For for Anaheim, uh, a normal Anaheim team, they're they're doing pretty well. So yeah. Yeah, I got another pair of players coming out of the Detroit Red Wings: Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. Okay. The, the two rookies of the season, both of them putting up phenomenal numbers. Really, and again, those two players are the ones keeping Detroit above water right now. And Detroit isn't doing awful this year mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken I believe they are currently fighting for a, a wild card spot I think which they're they're only three points out of a playoff, uh, playoff spot. spot but also keep in mind Boston has four games in hand yeah against them what's but, what's the torch record I saw you were looking at so, uh, 16 16 and three so, yeah they're, okay. they're, they're, that's that that's pretty good for you know as, the, as yeah. bad as they have done in the past four that's or five years decent. that's pretty good even if they like st- even so they're just about you, you could consider at 500 right now right about yeah. 500. Yeah, exactly 500 and it's one of those things where it's like even if they won the next if they won the next three or four games and kind of can get the upper edge and then all the other teams are be, you know, all the other teams can be like, oh look, Detroit's coming back, you know, mm-hmm. maybe put a little fight in the Red Wings. I mean, yeah, Lucas Raymond right now, man, he's got twenty nine points in thirty five games, and you know, at just the age of nineteen, that's pretty impressive, you know. Or, already got ten goals to his name this season, you know. More Sider being a defenseman, he's also putting up, you know, fa- fairly decent numbers as a defenseman in Detroit. You know, twenty two points in thirty five games. Also, only being twenty years old, mm-hmm. you know, the, both those guys and they, those two will probably be end up being the face of the franchise alongside of Dylan Larkin. Yeah. So I mean, you know, really rebounding for Detroit. I'd I would love to see them make a playoff push this year and really make make oh, may yeah. have a fighting chance at it. I think a lot yeah. of us would. You would hope, but I mean, if it's Detroit, Detroit if yeah. Detroit stays Detroit, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bobo, who, who else do you have? Uh, my next one on my list is Karol uh, Kaprizov from the Wild with an upper body injury. Yeah, and he's expected to miss at least, what, two to three weeks or two something Two to three like weeks, that? yep. And, you know, being as a young kid as he is, he knows, that kid knows how to fucking shoot a puck. Yeah. He knows, you know, he's one of the better. No, that's why, that's why it's, it's harder to compare him to somebody like Malkin, who's, what, 36, 37 now. Compared to Kirill, who's only 22, 23. Yeah. Somebody as young as that, it's a lot easier for them to rebound from an injury yeah. like that compared well, oh, to, yeah. you know, say, a beginning Well, it, it went undisclosed what his upper body is. You know, you know, upper body could be, could you know, shoulder, ab, could be, abdomen, yeah. shoulder, ribs, yeah. neck. 
concussions. Yeah. It's real hard to say, you know, like if he has a my if he has a serious concussion, yeah, you know, when I I've had my fair share of concussions. I wrestled in high school, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, they would lock but see, me the in third, a dark third room. or fourth one. You're like, yeah, whatever. You're like, oh yeah, exactly. You just I'm, go I'm, go I'm, about I'm, your day normally. Yeah. I'm used to this right now. Yeah. I know what to do. So. Exactly. Somebody like Cindy Crosby for And yeah, the thing example. that will, and the thing that scares me about that is a lot of the younger guys like that can be real cocky. They can say, oh, my head hurts a little bit, coach, but I can come play today. They get fucking freight-lined by some player. Next thing you know, they're out, they're out When's six When's the last time you heard that word used? You know. Freight-lined. Freight-lined of mock fucking Jesus. Okay? Yeah. Gets, you know, freight-lined against the boards, and he's like, holy fuck, where am I? Yeah. And Who coach am I? Lo- Who are you? Yeah, coach locks him in a dark room for six weeks saying, yeah, I Switch told you not to play. Yeah, six weeks saying, yeah, I told you not to play. <laughs> what, what other guys come to your, to your list, Colin? I don't have any, anybody off the top of my head. If I'm gonna be honest. Um, I have about six more I can remember. I, I also got um, a trio coming out of Anaheim who we were talking about previously. Obviously, Trevor Zegras, Sonny Milano, and Jamie Drysdale. Okay. Those those three all being under the age of 23. I think Sonny Milano might be 24. But, you know, Drysdale and Zegras last year, you know, really showed that connection that they had. You know, now this season, Zegras and Milano, obviously, with that ridiculous fucking goal that they scored, man. Like, so nasty, so sick, and they, they had that no look, that you know spin move pass. I believe it was those two that had this year as well. Yeah, it, I think it, it was, was those two. Be, behind the net, oh, oh, from behind the net, Milano over. Oh, I'm sorry, Zegras over the nets to Z, uh, Milano in for a goal. I, I was talking about that one we had a couple couple weeks prior to that, the the spin pass or whatever. Oh my I, god! I think that one was Milano and Zegras as well. I think Probably. you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think, but but I think that one was Zegras or Milano to Zegras rather than Zegras to Milano. Yeah. E- either way, but they've had it, some they, pop- that team had I, those dudes have some chemistry, man. Like it's it's ex- watching hockey. Like we said at the end beginning of last season, I think Ethan had brought it up when um, both Zegras and Drysdale had their first goals in the same game last season. Mm-hmm. The future is bright in Anaheim. And that has really shown true this year, man. Like, yeah, those, those two guys, those three guys in general, were really making that team really fun to watch. And oh, Anna, yeah. Anaheim has not been a fun team to watch the past couple seasons. Mm. They've but, really like, floundered. Like the, I'm not, there's been a couple times like, oh, Anaheim's on. I'm going to watch them, or I'm going to watch the Anaheim game because they they are really exciting to watch. This I guess year. you they can really say, are. I guess you can say that they instead of saying they choked, you could say they quacked. <laughs> Bye, Kyle. All right, to end off this week's episode of the Buckbusters, we're going to go into the games to watch for. Kyle, I know you're going to start off. Yeah, coming on, big matchup on Tuesday evening, coming out of Vegas, taking on Toronto in Vegas. Uh, Toronto, I believe, being at the top of their division at 22-8-3. Vegas being at the top of their division at 22... Sorry, I just, just went away from it. 23-14-1. Okay. Uh, Toronto's in third, damn. Even with yeah. that, that division, they're cr- crazy. But yeah, big big matchup there, you know. Players to watch for, obviously, first names that come to mind. Austin Matthews, um, you know, Jonathan Marchessault, who's been killing it for Vegas so far this season. Um, yeah, I, uh, predictions for that one, I'm, I'm going to say Vegas is going to take that one. You know, they very rarely do they lose on that home ice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, jumping back to Monday night, the 10th, uh, Bruins and Capitals, I think, is going to be a barn burner. Yeah. With the Bruins being 18-11-2 and, and the Caps being 27-9. and nine. So that's going to be – I'm going to take the Caps on that one. I'm going to go Caps 4-3 in a shootout. I got Boston. I'm going to start with Bobo on that one. I'm going to take Washington. I'm gonna, but I'm going I'm to say like – I'm going to say a shot. I'm going to say 3 nothing. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to say Boston's going to have trouble trouble getting the puck in that, into the net. Yeah. Game. All right, moving on to Wednesday. Uh, stick with Boston, but it's going to be an original six matchup between uh, Old Montreal to uh, – the Canadians on Montreal versus Boston. Obviously, a good old original six matchup. Even though Montreal is shit. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's always good to see those original six, yeah. those, yeah. rivalry, those rivalry matches. Uh, Boston being 18-11-2, uh, Montreal being 7-23-4. Yeah, th- those are two of those teams. Man, no matter how bad Montreal is, how bad Boston is, how good Boston is, how good Montreal is, those two teams will always fight to the end oh, yeah. of the game. Oh yeah, last Absolutely. shot is gonna be what matters in Absolutely. between those two teams. Uh, 
Uh, that last one we have is uh, Saturday the 15th. That ga- uh, The game to watch for is between Toronto and St. Louis. Toronto being 22-8-3. St. Louis being 21-10-5. I'm going to stick with Toronto. This, this is where I'm going to take Toronto, yeah. I mean, yeah. St. Louis, is, they're, they're a great team, but, um, you know, ben- Bennington likes to have his rough games. And with a team that is as much as on fire as Toronto, I think he's going to struggle to keep keep the puck out of the net against them. All right, and then that will be it for our week's episode of the Buckbusters. Tune in next week, uh, or this week and next week, I guess. Uh, hopefully we'll get everybody back and healthy and ready to go for, for that episode. Uh, tune in, make sure. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like us to hear uh, for upcoming episodes, feel free to tweet us, you know, Facebook us, Messenger us, whatever. Um, hit us up. And, On social and, media. What? At, yeah, what? at this point, if you're not, what in the absolute... Buck, are you doing? All right, I'll see you guys. Later.